Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled, How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Jillian or Mama J Love, who is a disruptor and a love leader for equity and a diversity, equity and inclusion strategist. Hi, Jillian. Lovely to have you on the show. Thank you, Layla. Thanks for having me. So I guess we can start off with a quick introduction as to who you are and maybe an answer to the question of the whole podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Yeah. Well, I think the best way to introduce myself is with um, an I am story. So um, I really believe that um, I am standing in my sovereignty here today as a black queer mamapreneur now running two of my own businesses. I'm a CEO co-running a household with my partner. I'm the primary caretaker of a six and a half year old daughter, Jalen, who I have 50% of the time. I'm parenting across two households and racial difference. And I'm in this beautiful vortex of liberatory, trauma-informed and anti-racism work. And I'm rooted in intentionality, love and healing. Um, and you know, that's to get to this place to tell this story, um, has been a journey, um, of transformation towards my own liberation. And so, you know, how'd I get here? (laughs) Blazing my own trail, right? Um, both, um, a beautiful dance of, um, conditioning, education, love, um, and then I'd say in the last, nine years in particular, um, really an unlearning, um, an unraveling. Um, Mm -hmm. So nine years ago, um, on my 30th birthday, which is actually on June 9th, um, or my next birthday is on June 9th. um, And so nine years ago, I started my own business. I was in a nine to five, a job that felt like my dream job, Um, But I knew it wasn't sustainable for many reasons. And um, through that work, um, slowly began to see the thread that I had between those different different career experiences I had, which started out as a community organizer to being a researcher and all within the thread of education to um, just a few years ago being a you know, manager of organizational data and DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, But it became clear that, um, you know, as I was introduced, I'm a love leader for equity, and that doesn't necessarily fit into um, many of our current structures and institutions. That's so inspirational and so such a wonderful way to introduce yourself. I'm so impressed. But um, I guess, as you mentioned, sort of nine years ago, you had that spark to start your own company. So I'm curious, what inspired you to start your own company? Was it a combination of experiences or was it one point specifically in your life where you saw a niche in the market? Yeah, um, you know, it was the experience of being in that nine to five job um, and in an organization that was actually getting federal funding at the time and um, that funding getting pulled and seeing an organization quickly needing to scramble when they should have been diversifying their funding all along. Right. And so I think it was a pivotal moment for me as an employee to be like, if this is happening for an organization, I need to do this for myself as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, as I say that, it's the activation, the entrepreneur ac- activation within me, um, because I actually came from a family, parents that ran their own business. Um, but I knew what the, the industry they were in, um, which is interior design and construction, was mm-hmm. not where I wanted to be, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something else. And so um, that those those events kind of coming together, that experience was like, okay, what can I do to diversify my own income stream? And that was before side hustle and side gig was like kind of the norm now. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been a journey to figure out that niche and really what is my purpose and how can I be of of most service. Mm. And in following on from that, in sort of discovering this niche and discovering your purpose and service, what were the best resources that helped you along the way? Yeah, I mean, it's evolved over time. I definitely think books, right? Um, I am a, a, a lover of learning, a lifelong learner. Um, so exploring various topics, right? Um, everything from my own trying to find more about my own lived experience as a black woman, as a black queer woman, um, you know, wanting to understand on online business experience. Right. So there's been many resources in, you know, that I, there's been so many resources. There's none in this moment that I can point to um, in the early days, so to speak. But I think, It's that power of books, right? And whatever you're feeling passionate about, um, recognizing that there are tools at our fingertips. Um, And I also think it's the people, you know, the connections, the networking. When I really think about where I am today, it's all been word or mouth or one to two degrees of separation. And so the relationship building piece um, has probably been my biggest resource. Awesome. And um, obviously, you've uh, learned through your relationships about a lot about the industry that you're going to be working in. But I'm curious, were there any lessons that you wish you would have known before starting your own company? Hmm. I mean, the piece that I feel most resonant right now is this thread of trust yourself. You know, I mean, even with this question of like advice, I think oftentimes we look around and we look outward for someone else to confirm what we actually already know ourselves, but we've been conditioned to doubt it or that we need to follow the status quo. Um, And I truly believe we're in a time um, in our history and work culture um, where we get to, we get to set the standard, you know, we get to name our boundaries and, the truth is, is the only person that can name those are you, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's about finding the environments where that aligns. Um, And that's so much of what I'm doing on the other side, right, is helping organizations to build cultures that are inclusive where folks belong. Um, And so it's got to go both ways. You got to know what you need, right, in a work culture, and you're going to look for those, right? So that's what I'd say. Awesome. And then um, that was a really helpful sort of piece of advice. But I'm also curious about what was one of your biggest failures in your career? And what did you learn from it? Or do you even see it as a failure? Some people see it as learning opportunities. Yeah, being that I'm a lifelong educator um, and have never left the field of education, just only merged (laughs) and intersected with 
other fields and industries. Um, I see it as continuous improvement. I see it as iterating. I see it as um, cyclical, that part of building stamina at the intersections, whether that's race, gender, sexuality, all the inclusive aspects, right, of a culture, Mm. um, that it takes trying on. And we call that a failure, but ultimately there's lessons in that. And we're not aiming for perfection because perfectionism is a supremacy practice. And so we're going to make mistakes to get better. Um, Mm. And that's really the whole point. (laughs) Exactly. That is a great piece of advice. And I'm just curious as to those who are listening who would like to start their own company, what is one piece of advice you would give somebody who wanted to start their own company? Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's start where you are. Um, You know, I've been in business for nine years and just this in the last month have become an official LLC, right? So there's many pathways. There's not one right way to do it. Um, there's definitely structure that help, but I think what's most important is, you know, starting small. I talk about bite size and deliberate action, right? You can start a business Instagram account now. Uh, Mama J Love in its first iteration was really me taking bite size action by posting a photo a day in my new experience as a mother. Um, and really connecting that to action and how that felt like justice. Because in those early days, keeping a human alive did. It felt like justice, right? Mm-hmm. And now she's a blossoming six and a half year old at camp, you know? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I think it's start start where you are, start small, right? Don't don't mull over the business name and a logo and having a website. It's not about it being perfect. It's about, you know, getting started. Awesome. And then finally, about your career and thinking about the span of your career, what is one common myth that you would like to debunk about the industry that you're in? Yeah, um, there's a couple things that come to mind. I mean, definitely in terms of, you know, the the phrasing is evolving. I, I feel like week to week, month to month, right? So our current framing is diversity, equity, and inclusion it can be diversity and inclusion anti-racism work, liberation work. Um, but we, we, we need to debunk that there's a checklist for any of these um, mm-hmm. aspects of culture. Um, each culture is unique, right? Um, it's why we have multiple companies doing oftentimes the same thing, right? Um, and so I think it's, it's important to, to not expect that you're going to get a checklist um, or a gold star <laughs> for doing certain things, right? It's evolving. Yeah. It's also based on your people um, who, you know, a lot of the work I'm doing right now is listening to stakeholders. What do they need and want, right? And so it's about reciprocity. Um, and so that it's debunking that there's a checklist. And then I think connected to that is, that once you have a diverse culture, the work is done. Um, That's really just the door. That's the Mm -hmm. beginning. Once you get those folks in your environment, um, whether that's virtual or an in-person or a combination, that's when the work begins, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you have to really um, support folks from the the moment you recruit them (laughs) to the time they're in, to the time they leave, right? There's an employee life cycle and, 
yeah, diversity is just the door. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and obviously, I'm sure you're really busy at the moment. You have a lot of titles that you need to uphold. But I'm curious as to in your free time, what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Yeah, I've really been trying to get back into my reading because I'm also um, finishing a manuscript. And I feel like there's so much power, right, in reading and and writing. It's, mm. It feels um, like a beautiful dance. So two of the books I'm actually, one I've just finished reading is Decolonizing Wealth, um, which has just been really powerful because as I continue my own journey of unlearning and decolonizing um, and, you know, being a business owner, there's been some major shifts I'd need to, to make around money mm. um, and what it really means and investors and investing in myself and, and all of those things. And so that, this has been a really powerful tool. Um, And I'm excited because I actually know there's an, an, an updated version coming out, I think in the fall. That's awesome. Um, And then the one that I, is my current page turner, which I'm just loving is we should all be millionaires by Mm -hmm. Rachel Rogers. Um, And just that alone. Right. Um, You know, I think is, and I've experienced as a black woman, you know, I've been taught to undervalue myself um, and to to give that emotional supportive labor. Um, in fact, it's expected. And so it's been really powerful to do that mindset work as well to really shift um, how my value um, is there. Awesome. And um, you kind of touched on this a little earlier, but I'm curious as to who are three people in your life who have been the most influential to you? Yeah. You know, I feel like as I've also expanded into like really thinking about um, ancestors past and present, three feels like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, three. I'm sorry, I have to limit it to three. I have to apologize. I know. Well, you know, I'm going to just go with my root, like, the first, you know, three people in my life are my family, you know, my mom, my dad, um, and I have two sisters. So I feel like it's important to, to name them both. Um, so really four. Um, and I think it's your core family who does form you, right? And um, you get to learn the dance of, of what it looks like to, to name family and expand family and, and heal um, and I've definitely been on that journey um, since entering <laughs> my family of origin. What, pardon? My family of origin. You know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then finally, to round up our conversation, is there any advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? <sighs> advice. I mean, the two things that come to mind, you know, I took that deep sigh, that deep breath is that we can always connect back to our breath, no matter the moment, um, whether it's rage, joy, jubilation, and all the ones in between, right? Like, we can connect to our breath. Um, And I'd say trust yourself. Um, You know, there's, there's a lot that that we know and and we're often taught again to look outwardly um and the power really is um within all of us that's so beautiful and what a lovely way to end our conversation so thank you so much Jillian for taking the time to speak with me today it was lovely to hear your story and to hear more about what you're passionate about my pleasure 
Thank you. Bye-bye.